Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to episode six of True to the Cougs, brought to you by Believe Network. My name is Jamie Vinnick. With me, as always, is my partner, Marcus Trufant. Marcus, how are we doing? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. How about yourself, man? Are you doing all right? I, I, oh, I am great. I am great. Now, Marcus, I got to ask, if you're making any bets this weekend, are you betting on uh, the Cougs? Hey, man, I always bet on the Cougs, whether that's a, a friendly bet and um, guys wearing jerseys or have to – walk down the street with their pants down or something crazy, man, there's always something going on. But um, uh, of course, the football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup, info, player news, and game trends as, um, and as your continued source for all sports wagering info, bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use um, a promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, indeed. And speaking of football, speaking of games... There was one last weekend, Washington State 28, Cal 9, uh, a solid performance for the Cougs and maybe a needed performance in the sense that it almost followed the same script as Oregon a little bit. I mean, not as much offense, but Wazoo's up for most of the game or, or Cal scores early in the fourth quarter. Those, uh, you know, those, cre- uh, those doubts creep back in like, oh boy, is this going to happen again? Wazoo immediately answered Cal's touchdown with a touchdown of their own, pulled away. Um, just a, a solid victory. You beat any team by 19 in the Pac-12, it's a good weekend. I would say that, man. And I know at times, for me, as I was watching that game, it felt kind of like, like it was one of those ugly games, right? It was a slugfest. It was a heavyweight fight, however you want to say it. But it was a little ugly there. And I guess I should like that game, of course, being a defensive guy, but it was a defensive game early. Um, it wasn't a lot of points. I know Cal – it, it couldn't get off their side of the field, right? And the special teams, I feel like that played a big part, man. The punter was punting the ball down there good, and they kept pinning Cal um, just down there on their side of the field. But, again, Wazoo, as they got rolling, um, started converting, stopped the turnovers. Things started to look a little bit better. But I did, for a second, I start to feel like, okay, I'll be going down the same road that we went down to Oregon. But, hey, we made it happen. We fixed it. We got it right. And a W is a W, so I'll take it. Yeah, no, I think that was the feeling in the stadium. You could kind of, I mean, the atmosphere in the stadium this weekend was awful. I mean, I, I'm not going to mince words about that. And I'm what? I'm very open in my critique of the, of, uh, the student section and, and the fan support at games. Um, 
I mean, I, I'm very vocal about it with basketball. It, it was not a good stadium environment. There was no energy from the crowd. It, it was a lot of empty seats. People left after halftime. So I was, um, I was. Very why was dis- that, Jamie? Why? 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 Tell you know, me what's I, w- I wish I knew. I, I honestly okay. wish I knew. I mean, I, I had some friends up this past weekend. Um, and, and they were like, what the heck happened? This it wasn't like this, you know, when yeah. we, uh, we all graduated 2019. So our last season was Leach's last season. Um, and, and even as that season went down, you know, the, the wrong path with all the, the defensive struggles, people still went to the games. I mean, this was just bad. And, and there was, even when people were there, it was lifeless. There was no energy. And part of that, it was, it was a sloppy game, especially at first, but you know, people start bolting for the beer garden. They don't end up back into the seats till about six or seven minutes. <laughs> they left don't come back. They go to they go back to their. I mean, a lot of people will stay to watch the the whole chariot homecoming race, whatever you want to call that, um, and, and then went back to their frats. And I just it, it it was bizarre to me. You know, I I do a story on Kook Fan every week uh, with with Jack Thompson. We talk about the five keys to the game, and one thing Jack always talks about is get your asses in the seats after halftime. You do us no good yeah. when you're standing in the beer garden. So, no, I just had to throw that in there. I was – when I was a student, I was in Zoo Crew, and I was very um, – you know, I was at every game in the front row, and I didn't have a voice ever Sunday morning, and I was okay with that. Um, same I thing was going to ask you what they called themselves. Is the Zoo Crew? Is that zoo what it crew. is? Yeah. The well, Zoo Crew. Okay. What's, what's left of it? I mean, it's not – What's left? All right. It's, it's not good anymore. So, I mean, it's – even the game day experience, they do the same three promos they have for seven years. It's just, it's got it. Something's got to change with it. Um, you know, I got to come out there, Jamie. I got to come out there. If it's going down like that, I got to come out there, bring some beer with me, man. Let's get this thing hype, man. Exactly. Turn this thing up. Exactly. You know, people will come out for the name games. They'll be there for the Apple Cup. They were there yeah. for Oregon If when USC comes down, but uh, apparently Cal's not, you know, doesn't sell enough. But uh, back to the football game at hand, uh, <laughs> cut off on a little tangent there, but. Um, you know, I, I think it was an important, it was, an, it was important for Washington state to maybe win a game like that, that, all right, they got a big punch in the mouth and like sturdy themselves this week. Last week, they did not sturdy. They went down and just, that was it. Um, but they, they kind of recentered themselves. The one play I want to point out, I wrote about this earlier, third and four, right after Cal scores, Wazoo runs a tunnel screen to Dijon Stribling. That play doesn't happen without the tight end. Billy Revere comes out. He gets a block on a Cal DB. That frees him for 32 yards. And, you know, there's been so much conversation about the tight end. That was one of the biggest plays, I think, of the game. And it happens because your tight end comes out and does his assignment. Uh, but I think the offense responded well. You know, 28 points against a team that has traditionally given Wazoo a lot of trouble offensively. They only scored 15 points a game over the last four heading into this Cal game. The last four against Cal. So, um, you know, Cam Ward ups and downs, those two picks he's going to want back. And he said as much, but man, that last touch or the touchdown he threw to Renard Bell, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, man. And that's a bad look on the DB for Cal. I forgot the young man's name, but anytime the quarterback can just say set hike, man, and pop up and throw it deep on a dart. Of course, Cam, he put the magic touch on it and all that kind of stuff, but you definitely have to play better defense than that. But that was um, perfect timing, right? It kind of that nail in the coffin. Um, that's talking about that play right there that you were just talking about, Jamie. But I think as far as the Cougs, there's there's so many options and there's so much firepower that Cam at times needs to just sometimes take what 
if the defense has given them, right? Not try to force things. I know there was an interception down there where Cam uh, scrambled around and tried to force it deep. Probably should have just threw it away, but plays like that could come back to bite us. It didn't happen in this game, but um, we don't want to get greedy. I really like, of course, what the Cougs are doing, but let's not be greedy and go back to the cookie jar too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think those are throws he makes in the South one and gets away with. Right. It yep. doesn't Agreed. work in the Pac-12. And, and I think – but I think if you look at those, those are correctable issues. I mean, those are things that it's just like, hey, don't throw that ball. I mean, it's not like right. you have to change all his mechanics or it's just don't throw that. Throw it away. Um, right. And I think he's young. He'll learn that. But the defense, wow, nine points. Cal crossed the Wazoo 45 twice. They're only scoring drives. Everything else, they, they lived in their own territory. They went three and out, I think, seven different times. The Wazoo run defense especially was on it. Jade Knott was coming off 274 yards. He had 64 Ooh. and didn't break off any big explosive runs. Like that, that interior of the defensive line, the edges, the linebackers coming up, the safeties coming up. It was a good day for the Wazoo defense. 100%, Jamie, I agree. And they beat the quarterback up, man. I know late in the game, was getting popped, man. Got hit in the ribs. It looked like he got whiplash at one point. So – the defense is really doing its thing, man. It is not just one guy. Um, of course, we got my guy, Henley, that's playing well, man, and is getting a lot of recognition. But the D-line, man, and all the linebackers, everybody is running and making plays. And you talk about Marsh on the back, man, and just the plays they're making, they really seem to be in sync. Um, just being a fan of the Cougs and watching, of course, for the last couple of years, you see all this offense. But um, – the Cougs are really now, um, to go along with that offense, the defense is really making it happen, and it's really impressive. And the, the Cougs can go as far as they want to go, man. And, again, they keep rushing the passer like that, and with the high-flying offense that we got, it's going to be um, a lot of good days for us, a lot of good days. Yeah, well, we'll use that to segue into the third segment, the preview of USC. Wazoo has not seen an offense like this because there are not many offenses like this exist. Quarterback, check. Running back, check. Receivers, check. Offensive line, check. USC has everything. It's not like a Wisconsin or a Cal where, you know, you can focus on one thing. You stop Braylon Allen. You stop Jaden Knott. You stop Travis Dye, the USC running back, great. Caleb Williams might be the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Jordan Addison might be the best receiver in the country. Jake Dickert said as much earlier. How do you stop a team that can do everything extremely well? I talked about it a little bit earlier, Jamie. You, you got to bring all three phases of the game, right? You talk about the offense, defense, and special teams. And I talked about the special teams in that field position. They did a beautiful job of pinning Cal down pretty much the whole game, man. And that's what we're going to need against SC. And that starts with the defense um, to be able to get off on third down and get stops. And – so as far as the offense goes, they just got to go out and do their thing. They got to be consistent. They cannot turn the ball over, though. They got to make the most of opportunities. So it really comes to everybody staying on schedule. Uh, the defense needs to get off on third down, try to create turnovers. But if not, you just need to get off the field. Offense, take control of the ball, score points, to try to come away with at least three. But um, you're going to need those sevens just to create a little gap. I don't know if you're going to be able to – stifle FC like that, but um, I know we want to, but we just got to make the most of every opportunity. 
you know, on the flip side of things, SC's got, uh, I think, leads the nation in turnovers. They've got like 14 or 15. Um, they don't turn the ball over and they get turnovers, a bunch of pick sixes. Uh, it's kind of what Wazoo's identity was last year, where they just take the ball away. Cam Ward is odd. We just talked about the interception have been a bit of an issue. I mean, it feels like you don't have time to gradually get better at taking care of the ball. You have to do it this week, or it could be a long day in the Coliseum. Definitely has to be a point of emphasis. I think uh, the Cougs right now are sitting about an average of about two a game, right? So they need to be much better than that, man. This um, going against good teams. I know Cal was a really good team, but when you see on paper the things that SC can do, you got to almost be perfect, right? And not that you want to come into the game tight and you want to be all stressed out, though, but you want to be on point. Um, I know the coaches are really going to be on it, so you just want to take the practice and you want to be cool, calm, and collective, but you want to be right. And I talk about staying on schedule. You don't want to get in a third and 20s or a third and 15s. You don't want to make a habit of that. Stay on schedule and pretty much take what the defense is giving you. Don't try to force nothing in there. Is this the biggest game of the season so far? I think so. I think so, because every week is the biggest game of the season. Jamie, come on, man. And you know that, baby. Of course, of course. It's about going 1-0 every week, as Dickert says. Yes, sir. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, probably the biggest game. I mean, they've had a few big ones, but I think just in terms of that extra motivation, because SC's ditching the conference, you've got all the – you know, the, the SoCal kids always have the chip on their shoulder about USC. And I know Renard Bell has a big one. Um, it, this feels like this one has a little extra riding on it. Right. I would definitely agree with that. I've always talked about that, Jamie, just as, um, just as far as my experience as being at Wazoo and talking to the Cali kids. I know we had Cali kids on our team, but there's always this thing about people that play ball at places like SC, men in UCLA, men in down in Texas and Florida and all that kind of stuff. We don't play any football in Washington is what they think. I know that that narrative is kind of tra- uh, changing, but it's still there. So I think that the Cougs are going to have a chip on their shoulder, especially the guys that come from Cali and didn't get the chance to go to SC. If they want to come out and they want to prove they can still ball. So um, I'm hoping it gets a little feisty, man. I think the Cougs could use a little bit of that. Um, not so much chippy to where you're getting penalties and all this kind of stuff, but come in and be a little aggressive, be a little nasty. I think it'd be good for us. We know USC is probably going to come in with a level of arrogance. I mean, it's just, you know, they're five and oh, they're number six in the country. They deserve to have that, but SC always has that. They always have that, that arrogance and that, uh, you know, it's, it, I, there's obviously you want to be confident. I, I think it's fair to say there have been times where it maybe shifts a little more towards overconfidence um, I just remember, you know, watching uh, the, their uh, their warmups before that 2017 game, and that was a yeah. That team bordered on over overconfident. They didn't expect Wazoo to punch them as hard as they did. Um, but you know, when when you went there, when you played at the Coliseum, I mean, this is one of the most hallowed stadiums in probably American sports across everything. I mean, hosted the Olympics. What do you remember about it? Uh, the Coliseum is always off the chain, man, as far as playing there. I know we went down there and stole a game as well. And I say still a game because I'm feeding in to the Coliseum and all its magic and everything that comes with them. But I know we went down there, it had to be 2000, 2000, 2001, men and won a big game down there. But 
I just remember it being crazy, man. And just the fans and, you know, the locker room is trash, I believe, for the visitors, if I can remember that. But just the history and everything that comes with it, man, it's loud and crazy. It was a night game. So you just felt like you made it to the big time, really. And you're playing down there in Cali, nice and hot and muggy, but came out with the victory. So the Cougs got to lock in, man, on this road trip. You're coming into enemy territory. It's always tough, but the way that Coach Dickert is and his personality, I know the boys would be ready. So you would, I think it would have been 2000. You would have been down there because did you, you would have played against like the very, or no, you probably wouldn't have seen Reggie and, and Matt Leinard and those guys. I mean, in the uh, NFL, obviously you did, but no, um, a Carson Palmer. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Carson Palmer. I'm trying to think of Carson Palmer. Uh, R.J. Sauer type of guys and um, running back who's a uh, dad was the actor. A bit of oh, Huggy uh, Bear. Justin uh, Fargus. Justin Fargus. Yep, yeah. Yep. Justin Fargus and Antonio Fargus. But yeah, yes. man, um, squad guys that could run like crazy. Of course, they get all the top athletes and guys that got all these um, things in magazines, et cetera, et cetera. But that's why. Back then, we came in with a chip on our shoulder. It was like, okay, are you guys not going to little brother us? And we're going to come in here, man, and we're here to, uh, to make it happen. So, yeah, and we did it, and we did it. So I think the Cougs can do it as well. I think I talked about on, the, on our first episode uh, just how much I loved that, those USC teams. That's what got me into football, just Reggie Bush and Dwayne Jarrett and uh, Mike Williams and Leinart. Yeah, those were, those were fun Mike teams Williams. to watch. <laughs> yep. Those were fun teams to watch. Um, but you mentioned the locker room. What kind of effect can that have when it's, as you said, trash? <laughs> uh, trash kind of, um, you know, I've never been to jail, but kind of felt like a jail cell. Right? <laughs> but um, the effect that it had on us, I know what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable and uh, kind of take you out of your game and all this kind of stuff. But for us, I know for me, it's like, okay, you're, you're, still trying to little brother me you don't want to show me the respect of even having your locker room be a little bit nice right so I think it worked for us um to come in and be like okay this is where we're at and this is how we're treating us so we're just gonna ball our fist up man and go to work so um kind of playing that Jedi kind of mind trick on yourself, man, and the self-talk and everything. And like I said, I know Coach Dickert is going to have the boys ready. So all this little stuff I'm talking about as far as the crowd and locker room and all that kind of stuff, I don't think it's going to matter. I like the Star Wars reference. I appreciate that. Um, what was it? I mean, when you were – you obviously had a lot of teammates uh, that went to USC. You played under Pete Carroll. Uh, what Did you guys ever talk about that, you know, that kind of – um, you know, between Lofa Tatupu and, and David Kurtman, Lawrence Jackson, um, you know, uh, Anthony McCoy, probably for a couple of years. Did you guys ever have mm -hmm. those conversations? Yeah, about, man. Like Play I would say being at SC and just knowing of Pete. And when Pete first got to the Seahawks, that was the thing. Is he going to be able to transition from all the, it's, 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 as you know, the rah-rah, and it, it kind of the surfer kind of mentality being down in Cali and all that kind of stuff. But it came down to that Pete is a great motivator. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It transitioned well. And talking to those guys that was in the program, it was pretty much ran like a pro program, right? And that's what Pete brings to the table as far as the energy and the level of uh, professionalism. Of course, the guys are going to have fun. 
Pete brings the music to practice and does all these different things. I got guys playing basketball in the meetings and doing a bunch of crazy stuff, but it's all to get you to a comfortable space to just be yourself, right? And be the best you that kind of let your hair down and play football. So that's pretty much what we talked about, man. Pete is a cool dude. A lot of people thought that Pete was like, okay, this can't be real. It's got to be something fake about it. And of course, those guys weren't on the team any longer. When he first got to the Seahawks, they cleaned house, man. They got rid of all the old guys that didn't buy in, that wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, and uh, Pete is still standing. So, hey. With, uh, with a little hardware on his uh, ring finger. Yes. Well, okay, that's probably where his wedding ring is, but a different finger. He's got a, right, a right, right. ring. Um, let's talk Pac-12 a little bit. Uh, Marcus is actually off the head to that NBA game in Seattle. Uh, I'm not an NBA guy. I mean, I will be if the Sonics come back, but sounds cool. <laughs> I yeah, know. man, this should be fun, man. I'm excited about that, man. Get down to Climate Pledge Arena, man. Bring the Sonics back. Bring them back, baby. That I can agree with. I actually got my Sonics bag over there. It's like an old uh, duffel bag my dad gave me a while ago. Uh, but talk about the Pac-12 a little bit. Talk about that. Um, it looks like, again, whatever happened with Oregon was because of Georgia. It's not because of Oregon. They roll over Stanford. Um, maybe the biggest news is uh, UCLA. I know it was an eight-point game, but they hammered Washington. And I think it's surprising to see Washington, after so many years of dominant defense, their defense is not good. Right. Right. Yeah, man, you can't play defense when you're just going to – you're just going to be like water. Um, it's just going to be like water. They could pass on you. They could run on you. And everything could happen, man. And teams just kind of – they can keep these drives going, man, and – I just eat the clock up. It's going to be a long day. And Washington's strength, just like you said, Jamie, is their offense um, to go out there and then have their version of um, their version of the air raid or whatever they want to call it over there. But the defense has to show up, man. People talk about it all the time. It's cliche. Defense wins championships. You can't win on a regular basis if your defense doesn't show up. I talked about it earlier when I talked about the the Akub teams of old that they put up tons of yards on offense, but they couldn't stop anybody there. The, um, some of those games, you know, 59 to 60 and all these crazy scores and stuff like that. You can't win ball games doing that. You know, it's funny. I mentioned their defense. I'm watching the 49ers Rams right now. And, uh, Former UWDB Taylor Rapp just whiffed on a tackle that allowed Debo Samuel to go 57 yards for a touchdown. Just felt <laughs> like that was a, a timely reference, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, we, we I think we've talked about, you know, you you were the, the the godfather of the Legion of Boom. Your brother Desmond, he was one of the first great defensive backs at Washington in this generation. So you guys both kind of started something, uh, you know, just at different levels. But, uh, it, no, it is, it is weird to see their defense struggle as much as they did. They went, I don't know how many seasons until the Apple Cup last year where they hadn't yielded. I, I don't think it was – I think it was 35 points. And even then, mm. technically – Wazoo scored a defensive touchdown this year. I mean, that was, I guess there was the safety, but UCLA's offense just pounded them. And maybe UCLA is good. I mean, Dom Thompson Robinson looks like he might be, you know, in his 38th year of college eligibility. <laughs> they've, got, they've got some guys. Um, yeah. I, I thought Washington was going to roll through UCLA. My question was, you know, they hadn't played a road game yet, but I, I didn't think they'd struggle at all. But the Bruins punched him in the mouth early. And um, yeah, obviously. Washington, you know, they punched back, but it was way too late. Uh, and, and on the topic of UCLA, former UCLA head coach and now former Colorado head coach, uh, Carl Durrell got fired. And 
Yeah, Colorado might go 0-12. We are trending that way. Well, that'll be a good look, man. Um, you change your coaches. You got all these different things going on, man. It's hard for kids to focus in, right? Um, all these changing things going on for for college and it, it kind of like I had with my kids you want to give them a, the, the uh, plan and they could see it they could believe it they could buy into it and, and then they still might not do right right so um, I would say going back to my playing days coach Price actually was leaving to go to um, Alabama as we were getting ready for that Rose Bowl. And I have always thought that might not have been, um, of course it didn't work out and everybody knows that, but just the conversation and how you feel, right? I know we tried to be business about it. We tried to be professionals, but they come to talk to us to be like, okay, this is gonna be my last couple of games. And now we gotta go win this big game. We gotta do these different things and make it, it makes it tough on kids to have to switch gears and kind of power through that. Now, Price left after your last year, though, right? Um, yes. So, okay, so you never – Dover was just your D.C. He was never your head coach? Yes. And I'm making sure I have my ears right. Uh, you'll probably enjoy this. Uh, do you remember the bar my office in Pullman? You, you know what yes. I'm talking about? I uh, was there Saturday evening with a couple friends after the game, and it's probably about 10, 45, 11 o'clock, and uh, Coach Price and Coach Doba will uh, roll on in for uh, for a couple drinks and some, uh, some social uh, – some socialness. They were honoring the 97 team and yeah, it's uh, yeah. 11 o'clock and there's price and Doba. <laughs> Good time. And a lot of love for those guys, man. They came to my house um, to visit me, man. My dad made gumbo and we sat down and we ate, had a good time, man. And they, um, every time they see me, they talk about that time they came to the house and had the gumbo and stuff. So I got a lot of love for coach price and coach Dobes, man. Those are my guys. Two coaches, uh, two coaches already fired in the Pac-12. Uh, we'll move in now uh, with uh, Durrell and uh, and Herm Edwards, and we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know how much longer can Stanford roll with David Shaw. I mean, it's it's been a couple of years now; they haven't done a whole lot. But we'll leave that for if uh, if it does come to be. Right, uh, move on into our final segment now. And look, we're both from Seattle. We'd be remiss if we did not talk about the Seattle Mariners breaking a 21-year drought. And making the the bleeping playoffs. Um, I apologize to my neighbors for how loudly I screamed when uh, when Cal Raleigh hit a walk-off home run. But, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, it's really a good look, man. Just being a Washingtonian, man, and just being on this side and knowing what people have been through as far as just riding with the Mariners for so long and just waiting, man. And so the city's been on fire, man. People are still walking around with a big smile. Um, you know, I've been watching social media and just the videos and the pictures and all the comments and stuff like that. People are really excited for the Mariners, but it's been great, man. I've been pretty much on cloud nine. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but to see the Mariners and to know people over there in that organization is um, huge, man. It's tough. Anytime your franchise is pretty much down like that and holding records on the wrong side. Right. So uh, this is big. This is big for the Mariners organization. So a big salute to them. We're uh, when you were with the Hawks, I mean, do the Hawks and Mariners players like mingle or, I mean, or is it just kind of, you know, you guys are your own uh, teams, your own leagues and 
you know, you maybe know him a little bit, but there's not a whole lot of interacting. Um, I would say that there's a little bit there, man. It just depends on the situation. It's not like we're going to every practice or they're coming to every Seahawks practice, but at different events and different stuff like that. Or if you go out or if you're at restaurants, um, if you know guys or you do business or you're just at charity events and different events and stuff like that. So, yeah, the, the community on this side is pretty tight, man. I'm looking to get more involved with the Kraken, man, and learn some of those guys. I don't know hockey. I know that's your thing, Jamie. So, um, if you need to school me up, man, if you need to send me a cheat sheet or something, man, I need to get caught up. Hockey's my thing. Cracking hockey's not my thing. Go Canucks. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, um, and hey, and on back to the NFL, on the pro side of things, another solid day for Abe Lucas. I mean, look, you scored 48 points as the Seahawks did. Your line did a pretty good job. And Geno Smith balling out behind the behind those guys. They uh, still have not given up a sack. Lucas or fellow rookie Charles Cross and uh, – Frankie Louvu got his jersey behind here. I know everyone listening can't see it, but his jersey's hanging up. He had a pick six and 11 tackles. Also may or may not have uh, suplexed James Conner and gotten a flag for it, but got one of Arizona's uh, offensive linemen ejected. So he did his job because the, the Will Hernandez bumped a ref. And uh, Jalen Watson, who got another start for the Chiefs, uh, maybe not the easiest day. He was told, hey, I know you're a seventh-round rookie. Here's Mike Evans and Tom Brady. Have fun. So, hey, you know what? He had good coverage, but those are just some of the best in the business. And I would go as far to say over the last decade, there may not be a better receiver in this league uh, than Mike Evans and just what he's been able to do. Yeah, man, just all the way around, man. The Cougs are looking good. But um, playing against anybody in the league, man, it don't matter if you're seventh round or if you are Tom Brady, things could get tough for you. So Tom Brady, Mike Evans, our guy Jalen over there, you, you just got to stand up, man. I tell people all the time, especially in the secondary, you got to put the fire out or it's going to keep burning, right? So you just got to find a way to get stops and make it happen. And all you can do is keep fighting, man. It might not look like it was really your day, but a lot of things have to happen. Your um, the teammates got to show up. The offense got to show up. Special teams got to show up. But, yeah, but back to Abe Lucas, man, they didn't give up a sack for Gino this past weekend, man. And I thought that was really big, man. I thought Gino really showed up huge, man. He used his legs a little bit and um, it came with the whole arsenal and the running game was off the chain, man. And if you listen to uh, Penny in his press conferences, he just kept praising the offensive line for everything that they did. So a big shout out to the Seahawks uh, offensive line. The Seahawks have been trying to run, be able to run block for so long. So what do you do? You take two Mike Leach tackles who only played in air raids and Apparently now they can run block. Last thing that I want to ask you before we uh, we sign off, we're talking about Jalen Watson having to cover Mike Evans. Who was the toughest NFL receiver you had to cover? Oh, man, toughest NFL receiver. Every week it was a different chore, man, going against guys like Larry Fitzgerald that never dropped the ball, going against um, Andre Johnson, going against Megatron, going against dudes that got gold jackets, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, um, I think I mentioned Randy Moss on a couple of different teams with the, uh, I played against him when he was at the Raiders. He really didn't want to play then, but I was still nervous. And then, so I would say Moss and Megatron because they're big guys, but they move like small guys with their quick. So it was very, very scary, very scary. And they were coming up on Halloween. It was scary stuff. I asked uh, Jason David this a couple of years ago, and he said no one was tougher than Steve Smith because Ooh. he was fast. He was physical. He was a great route runner, and he would do all that, and then he would let you know that yep. he was all those things. Steve Smith, 
is a guy that you hate to play against, but you love to have a guy like that on your team. Scrappy, physical, fast as heck. But um, yeah, I forgot about Steve Smith. Steve Smith was uh, a hell of a cover, man. Tough day, but but we did it by committee. You, you talked about Lofa Tutuku. I felt like he stole a couple of my interceptions by sneaking underneath routes. I was guarding Steve um, Smith in the championship game, actually, to get to the Super Bowl uh, 2005. Yes, we played the Panthers at home in Seattle. Crazy game, man. The 12s went crazy. So, yeah. How could I forget that? <laughs> my dad uh, went to that game. I did not, and I have never forgiven him for it. But he always talks <laughs> about the uh, yeah. that Steve Smith came in, and he got nothing. He got nothing in that game. Um, but I still, I still, to this day, uh, we'll never let him live that down, that he went to the NFC Championship game and didn't take me. Oh, but anyways, uh, my gripes with my father aside, just kidding. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to True to the Cougs with Jamie Vinnick and Marcus Trufant, brought to you by the Believe Network. Make sure to follow True to the Cougs on Instagram and now on Twitter for all updates, and uh, we'll have clips and lists and all that good Stuff and as always, we'll wrap up the show with a go Cougs. Go Cougs, baby. Thanks everyone for tuning in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.